Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Our first song tonight will be 842. 842. Let's all sing. church family. A couple of announcements before we have our devotional. Um, as a reminder that um, we are gathering gifts for Valentine's Day for our college kids. Uh, if you can help out with snacks and uh, just little things, let them know you're thinking of them. I know they'd greatly appreciate that. Um, also, this Saturday is the chili cook-off at 2 o'clock here in the middle auditorium. Also, this Sunday, Life Group 4, that's Jerry's Life Group, will be meeting after Sunday morning services for soup and sandwiches. Next Wednesday, Stepping Stone Supper, uh, soup and sandwiches are on the menu. <clears throat> also, February 10th is Valentine's Day card and craft for 6th grade and younger. Uh, so please uh, put that in your calendars if uh, you have uh, children that are younger and up to 6th grade. Also, CYC, CYC snacks are needed. Um, there's a sign-up sheet on the four-year board. If you can help out with that, it would be greatly appreciated. Also, February the 18th, Life Group 3, that's Jeremy's Life Group, will be hosting Share Your Love Meal after morning services for our widows and widowers and, um, and our single folks. And also, Men's Retreat is uh, March 15th through the 16th, so please uh, put that in your calendars. All men, men's retreat, March 15th through the 16th. Updates on our prayer list. Remember, continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus and Jim Martin and Jackie Hutchison in your prayers and Jim Haney in your prayers as they continue with their cancer treatments. Uh, keep Friday Simpson in your prayers at this time as well as she undergoes tests. And continue to keep Roger Kaufman in your prayers as well at this time. That's all the announcements I have. Is there anything else I may have missed? Jeremy will have our closing prayers at this time. Let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to be here this evening, Lord, to learn more about you, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that we continue on being a shining light within our community, within our work, within our schools. Lord, wherever we go, that they see you in us, Lord. Lord, continue to be with, be with us in our prayer life as we talk to you and communicate with you, Lord. Continue to be with us <clears throat> as we read your word, Lord. Help us to grow stronger in, in your word so we can continue doing your will. Lord, we ask you at this time to continue to be with our elders here at Rome, Lord. Continue on giving them the wisdom and knowledge that they need, Lord. Help us to be encouragement to them, Lord. Help us to, uh, to be encouragement to our deacons, Lord, and continue to be with their uh, family, Lord, at this time. Lord, we ask you this time to be with all our sick, be with all the ones that are in the hospital, be with, be with uh, Jimmy and Jim and Jackie and uh, Jim Haney as, as well, Lord, as they continue with their cancer treatment, Lord, and continue to be with Friday Simpson and her test that she undergoes, Lord, and give her the strength that she needs every day to continue, Lord, and continue to be with Roger Coffin, Lord. Be with him and his family, Lord. Give him the strength that he needs to get better, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our widows and our shut-ins. Be with, be with them. Let us be encouragement to them. Let, them, let us... Be encouragement to them by letting them know that we're thinking of them on a regular basis and do what we can to help them on, on an everyday basis. Lord, we ask you at this time, continue to be with our, our youth here at Rome. Lord, we ask you to be with them on their life's journey, Lord. Let them always look to you for wisdom and guidance in their lives, Lord. Lord, we ask you at this time, continue to be with our country, Lord, be with our leaders at this time. But most of all, Lord, we are so thankful for you sending your son to die on the cross for us, Lord, to die a sinner's death for us, even though we do not deserve it. Lord, continue to be with, be with us the rest of this week. Keep us safe until we meet again. It's in Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Number 253, 
453. <clears throat> if you can, please, let's stand as we sing the song. Not a step will I take without Jesus. It's a path that my heart has made. Though I often am tempted to leave him, yet unto him my heart is saved. Not a step will I take. Not a step without him. Mark your books at number 587, 587. Several years ago, there was a commercial that uh, came on. It was about Disney World, take, about taking a trip to Disney World. And uh, the kid jumps into the parent's bed, and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning. The sun's not even out yet. Uh, and the parents look at the kid and they say, what are you doing? He's like... It's Disney World today, you know, our, our trip starts today. And so the parents are like, yeah, but that's in a couple hours when the sun comes up. Go back to sleep. And the kid says, I'm too excited to sleep. You guys remember that one? You ever been like that? What's your, what's your best day look like? Um, in Matthew 14, some folks have the best day ever. Uh, and it may not seem like the best day to you, but it was a pretty big day for them. So they've been listening to Jesus teach, and 
they've been following around for a couple days by this point, and they're out in the middle of nowhere, and so they're hungry. It's been a while since they've eaten, and so the disciples say, give Jesus advice. You should send the people out into the towns, send them away so that they can find food. And Jesus says, no, you, you, you give them something to eat. And so they, they kind of start looking around, where, where are we going to find something for this many people to eat? It's not like we can go to Walmart and, and find some food. Where are we going to find this many, this much, even bread? Where are we going to find that much bread? And so they finally, they start looking around through the crowd and they finally find this little boy and he's got his sack lunch that he brought with him today. Uh, and so Jesus tells them to, to sit down, have the people sit down in their 50s. Because remember, this is, there's 5,000 men there. And so they sit down in their 50s, and Jesus prays, and he starts breaking the bread, and starts handing out the fish. And I want you to look at what happens in Matthew 14. In verse 20. After everyone... After all the the bread's been handed out, verse 20, they all ate, all 5,000 of them, plus Jesus, plus the disciples, and they all ate and were satisfied. That's a fun word, isn't it? They were satisfied. Do you know when the last time these people most likely had been satisfied from a meal was? We, We don't have that problem in America, do we? We have the opposite problem. I've eaten too much, right? But we we don't have this problem of I'm still hungry. I've eaten all that there was, and I'm still hungry. But that was very much a reality in their day. Uh, and still, you go to a third world country today, and you're going to find one to two meals eaten on the regular. When we go to Africa, uh, one of the things that, uh, that we'll do is we take ginger tea in the mornings. That's breakfast tea. And then you eat a big lunch with rice and beans, maybe a banana or so, something else. And then... Supper is something light, sandwich or something like that. You don't generally get to eat until you're satisfied. These people got to eat until they were satisfied off the little boy's lunch because Jesus keeps on multiplying the, uh, the loaves and the fishes. What satisfies you? What, what satisfies you? As I was reading through this, uh, I was struck by the fact that they were satisfied. And I thought, Matthew's probably doing a couple things here, right? He's telling us that there was plenty of bread for them to eat, plenty of fish for them to eat. And people walked away, maybe for the first time ever, that day with a full stomach. And they weren't hungry anymore. I think he's getting that point across at least, at least that point. I, I think he's saying something more, though. I think he's saying that their time with Jesus... Had they continued with him, they would have been satisfied spiritually. Remember the woman at the well in John chapter 4? Jesus asked her for water. We're never told that she gives it to him. But had she asked of him, he says, that he would have given her living water so that she would have never had to drink again. That's Had these people continued on listening with Jesus, continued leaning in, had they focused on discipleship, had they been satisfied with his presence, they would have been satisfied, spiritually speaking, as well as physically. So what are we satisfied with? Well, I think time around Jesus ought to satisfy us. Don't you think? If you flip back over to, hold your finger in Matthew 14, flip back over to to Psalm 122. 
David talks a little bit about this. He actually talks about this concept a lot in the book of Psalms, being satisfied with being in God's presence. But one of the most famous passages he pens in Psalm 122. You can probably quote this verse, can't you? He says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So somebody walks up to David and they say, let's go to Yahweh's house. And David is excited because he just loves being in the Lord's presence. He, he just likes being around him. So does being around the Lord rejuvenize you? Is it your best day ever? Does it satisfy you? Is being around the Lord in Bible study, in prayer, being with his people, is being around the Lord like that what fuels you? When I was a kid, um, I, I got picked up from school. I didn't have to ride the bus. It was a long ways and all that kind of stuff. And for various reasons, I, I was picked up from school. But one day, uh, my grandmother picks me up, and she sat in the line so long she ran out of gas. <laughs> so I get out to the car finally, and she, she's like, well, we're going to have to call for help because <laughs> we ran out of fuel. We, don't have, we can't go any farther, right? What, what fuels you? What enlivens you? What, what do you enjoy? What, what makes uh, your heart sing? Being around the Lord ought to enliven us. It ought to be the thing that feeds us. That ought to be our fuel. In Psalm 73, just back a couple of psalms from, from where we're at there in Psalm 122, but back in Psalm 73, the writer is in a familiar position many of us have been in. He's looking at wicked people, and he's envious of them. Nothing bad seems to be happening to these people. They, they do whatever they want to do. There, there doesn't seem to be repercussions for their actions. God hasn't smoked them in any way. There's been no lightning bolts. There's been no sickness. They just seem to get away with all the evil that they've been perpetrating and he wonders why he's made all these sacrifices. Why is he living like this? Why is he living this self-controlled, self-disciplined, sacrificial life when nothing bad seems to be happening to these people who don't care anything about that type of life? They do whatever they want to do. But nothing bad ever seems to happen to them. Judgment never seems to come. Condemnation never happens. Why live this type of life, this sacrificial life, well, scan down, uh, as, you, as you scan down to, uh, throughout Psalm 73, you'll, you'll find verse 16. He says this, but when I thought how to understand this, he's been thinking about this thought. Why, do, why, do, why is it okay that evil people just get to do whatever they want to do and that there doesn't seem to be any repercussions from God? He's, he's been kicking that around. It's been bothering him. Did it ever bother you? Probably does, right? So he's been, he's been kicking that around in his head. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. He's been thinking about this so long, he's gotten tired. That's a long time. And he, he seems to continue on that, that tired path, being, being wearied by this thought, until what moment in verse 17 he says 
I'm, this is wearing me out until I went into the sanctuary of God and then I discerned their ends. Worship has a way of changing us, doesn't it? You've experienced that. You've walked into this auditorium, I'm sure, in a bad mood. Maybe you just got through an argument with one of your kids or you had a bad day or whatever. And you come to worship and you think, oh, man, I'm just I'm struggling and I'm, I'm a little irritated and I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm aggravated, right? And then you start worshiping what? He seems to set things back to right, doesn't he? Being around him whether it's in prayer or Bible study or, or with his people, has a way of rejuvenizing us, has a way of feeding us, of fueling us. It's much like a, our car. You're not going to get anywhere without fuel. So what satisfies you? Word of God and being around him, being in his presence, ought to be one of those things that rejuvenates you, that takes away the, the weariness being part of what he's doing in this world ought to enliven us too. Go back to Matthew chapter 14. We've already seen these guys were, uh, were, were listening to Jesus. They were around him for several days. And they were satisfied physically speaking. And the ones that were listening were satisfied spiritually speaking. But check out what he's doing here. In, in this place, um, being a part of what he's doing in the world ought to satisfy us. Check out what happens here in verse 21. Matthew 14, verse 21. We didn't read this passage, but it, it kind of wraps up the rest of the story of the feeding of the 5,000. And it's an important point. Uh, and you may have overlooked it in the past, but we definitely need to spend some time with it. Matthew 14. Verse 21, he says, And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. So about 5,000, right? Plus women and children. Back up to verse 20, though, because we missed something there that you need to see. And they took up how many baskets? Twelve baskets full of broken pieces. They have 12 baskets full of leftovers. Why do they have 12 baskets full of leftovers? You ever thought about that? Why is, there, why is there 12? Because they counted, right? And now we know that there were 12. But each apostle gets an entire basket full of broken pieces. While they're taking up all that stuff, while they're walking around this massive field, talking to people, and they're, they're getting the people's leftovers. I'm full. Here, you can, here's, here's what's left. Here's, here's my fish. I couldn't eat it. I was... I was too full. People had never said that probably in their lives. But here, I'm done. And so the apostles walked around. They gathered all the leftovers. And as they were doing that, it forced them to stop and think about his power. What's just happened here? They might be able to overlook this miracle if he doesn't ask them to go get the leftovers. But when he asked them to go get the leftovers... Even the people in the crowd had to note this miracle. They looked around and they didn't see any kind of store. There's no farm anywhere nearby that could have supplied all this food. There's, there's nowhere he could have gotten this food from, but he, he made it. And here it is, and it's not just enough for everybody. It was more than enough for everybody. Everyone was satisfied 
We're called to be a part of what he's doing in this world. And when we get involved with him, joining him in his work here, it ought to enliven us. It ought to fuel us. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says that part of Scripture's work is to teach, to reprove, to exhort. When we do those things to the people around us, that ought to be the best day ever. That ought to be something that energizes us. That ought to be something we wake up early to do. This is something we're excited about. Opportunities for evangelism, encouraging others, and calling out sin should be the fuel that we run off of. So are we satisfied? Have you been spending a lot of time around Him? It's a little bit like being in the gym, isn't it? If you, if you go to the gym once a month, you don't, you don't see all that many dividends, do you? You don't see all that much change. You go every week, you go every day, you start seeing a lot more dividends, don't you? You start seeing change in you. So you spend an hour around him a week, two hours around him a week. You might not see all that much change. You spend an hour every day around him, you're going to see change quick. Um, because being around him changes us. And it ought to and will if we are around him enough. It will enliven us. It will make us passionate and then involving ourselves in what he's doing in this world the evangelism and the the the, the encouraging of each other and the the reproof of sin all these things ought to give us energy they ought to be why we wake up in the morning remember after solomon after he tried every other option do you remember what he came down on in ecclesiastes 12 13 fear god Keep his commandments. That's everything that life's about. It's the whole duty of man. That's what he says. So what enlivens you? What fuel do you run off of? Scripture is where the power is found. It's where the Lord is found. And he can and wants to energize you. To allow you to be a part of what he's doing in his world. To change you, to transform you into something more than you ever thought you could be. Are you willing to let him? Are you willing to put in the time and the work that it takes to make that happen? This evening we're going to stand and sing. If we can help you in any way, won't you come as we stand and sing?
with me, please. Father, we come to you this evening. We're thankful for another day that you blessed us with. Thankful for another opportunity to assemble, uh, to study your word. We're thankful, Father, for the freedom we have as a nation to do that. We ask, Father, you protect us as we go about your word, uh, that you guide us in our understanding of your word, and that you help us to live up to the precepts and promises in your word. We're thankful, Father, for the church here, for what it means to each of us, the part that we play, and the position that we have. Just help us, Father, to reflect you and your love and your son and all that we do. Bless our Bible class tonight, Father. Open our minds, our hearts to what you want us to learn, what you want us to, to be, what you want us to correct in our own lives. Just help us to be better each day. We're thankful for your son, for what we have through him and in him. Thankful for his death, for his sacrifice on our behalf, for the freedom and forgiveness that we have through him. Forgive us, Father, when we sin, strengthen us in our struggles and our weaknesses. Just help us be more like you each day. Bless us the rest of the week as we go about our lives. We pray in Christ's name.